0: Welcome to episode 401 of the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. And today I am one of your hosts on this particular episode because we have a great interview with one of our clients who is celebrating 10 years of running his own recruitment business. Now, Paul of Paul Count Recruitment is the MD, has a lot of recruitment experience. He's been around man and boy and worked in a corporate organization that many of you will have heard of before. And then he decided to venture venture forward and uh, create his own business. And part of it, I think, was fueled by the, the fact that, you know, he just had his first child. He wanted to have more time and he wanted to grow something really, really special. Now, we've been working with Paul for a few years now and we thought it'd be great, you know, with our 10 years of having a podcast, thought it'd be great to get Paul onto um uh, the the show today and really tell us all about his journey. You know some of the highs, <laughs> a few of the lows that he, that he's had, and you know how he motivates himself and how he moves forward and his ideas for the future. It's a great interview, and I know you'll really really enjoy. It. Obviously, you can listen to it on the podcast, and you can also see the interview that Sharon did with Paul. You'll see it on our website, but also you can head over to YouTube and see it there. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. An obsessive focus on marketing and sales is the only way to accelerate your company growth. So listen in now as we share the latest strategies and techniques guaranteed to deliver you more placements and profits.
1: Hi, Paul. Great to see you again. I hope you're well.
2: Hi, Sharon. Yeah, really good. Thanks. Great to see you as always.
1: Well, listen, welcome welcome back to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast, because I know that you and I have spoken before. And this is a really special episode, isn't it? Because we are celebrating how many years? Ten
2: years. Yeah, ten years.
1: 10 years of poll card recruitment, which congratulations, it's an achievement with when you think about everything that's been happening over that period of time to, to build and grow a business. So so listen, today's very much about learning more about you, your journey, the journey with poll card recruitment, the highs, the lows, the challenges. But maybe what we could do for everybody listening is just go back a step before PCR and just maybe share with the audience what your background is, how you got into recruitment and then we'll maybe we'll come and talk about that decision of you setting up PCR. So yeah, so just kick us off with your background.
2: Yeah, of course. Like most people operating in the recruitment industry, I didn't necessarily set out uh, with a plan of of being a recruiter. I went to university. I had actually done some temporary work for some industrial agencies during oh. my last um, Summer recess, if you like, of university. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, secured me a temporary to permanent role in business to business sales. When it came to actually the end of the three month contract and that business looking to offer me a permanent job, despite being the best salesman for the last or the first three months, they wanted to offer me. I think it was twelve thousand versus the sixteen thousand that was actually on. As a pre member of staff so oh, uh, interesting strategy <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and you know, the justification was you're not old enough and i said but clearly i'm good enough because i've been the last the best salesman for the last three months and they said yeah you can't leave and i said well unless you offer me sixteen thousand versus the 12 you're prepared to offer i will mm. so you know what we're actually still uh, friends I occasionally see the guy that you know no longer sold that business and he said yeah, yeah he said, we should have kept of you. So that then led to going around a few other agencies, walking to right. uh, walk a few recruitment agency doors. Didn't reveal my plan at the time, which was to go off around the world or at least Australia and wherever else, travelling. And, yeah, was offered a job by Hayes back okay. in 2003. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was where the, the journey started.
1: Interesting. And did you manage to fit in some travelling?
2: No, I didn't. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. So ironically, as we've reflected over the last 10 years, over the last kind of few weeks, that, that story's come up a few times. And there was two major factors. We reached Christmas. There was three of us planning to go traveling. We reached Christmas. None of us realized we'd saved enough money. So we said, well, we'll put it back to the Easter and we'll go at Easter. Yeah. And the three people, myself, my best friend from university and his girlfriend, my best friend and his girlfriend actually, no longer an item. So I said, that's okay, Dan. Uh, The two of us will go. It'll be brilliant. We'll we'll have good fun. Secretly, I was probably quite relieved that it was just going to be me and Dan rather than me being the gooseberry. And then just there were two reasons we didn't go. Dan then decided to say, do you know what, mate? Actually, I think I want to do this whole traveling experience myself. And that was real shock to me. And I didn't. I actually wanted to go travelling with somebody that I knew, somebody that I was going yeah. friends with for years afterwards, and really reminisce about that journey and mm. the enjoyment of, of seeing the world with somebody that I was still connected with. Yeah, the irony is that I no longer see Dan. Yeah, which which is a, another a story altogether. Yeah, um, which is a bit of a, a bit of a shame. But also, I, I realised the fact that when he said he had uh, eight thousand pounds saved, and I had fifteen hundred quid that he had the money to go traveling and I didn't. So I kind of said, look, good luck and enjoy it. But I've always said, because actually one of the first employee that I brought into the business, he had that same itch. And I Mm -hmm. encouraged him to go and scratch that itch. When he and his girlfriend actually split up, he went traveling. And I said, look, that was an opportunity that I didn't capitalize upon because life changes and you get a mortgage and you get married and kids come along. Maybe the opportunities of traveling in young, free abandonment in those days I wouldn't say pass you by and there's always that opportunity no. that I might visit Australia in the future. But no, I, I didn't go traveling. Yeah.
1: No. And so, so you developed your career with Hayes then. Yeah. So how long were you with Hayes?
2: Yeah, so I was with Hayes for nine years. Right. Uh, great journey. Loved my time there. People, uh, great business. Had some cracking opportunities that were presented to me from mm. being a trainee in their Middlesbrough office to going opening a brand new office in Hartlepool. Coming back and, and taking a bit more responsibility in managing the Middlesbrough team, then uh, running a, a division across the northeast, uh, a specialist kind of credit management division, which took me to, to Newcastle and uh, working right. throughout the region. Yeah, I, I had a great nine years with, with this.
1: And so, so you're on a great career path there. Then, so what was it that made you decide to come off that kind of like that that real? career trajectory and decide to set up your own business?
2: Yeah, it was Jude, who was now 11. So my son was the inspiration behind doing something different. And he was a really difficult baby. At the time, I spent five days a week in Newcastle, and that meant leaving the house at seven o'clock and getting back about 7 Mm p.m. As any young parents or parents will know, babies don't work to a clock. That did unfortunately mean that he was often asleep when I left the house and he would yeah. often be asleep when I got home. He was a difficult baby and had some challenges with digestion and things, which meant right. it was yeah a really tough maternity leave for my wife, Andrea. Mm. Uh, and it felt like we were kind of treading the same cycle of, have you managed to get out of the house yet by 11 o'clock in the morning? No, I'm still in my pyjamas. He's been really difficult. He won't take yeah. the bottle, And I felt I wasn't uh, able to be there as much. Right, His were actually really supportive. And I ended up uh, working less in Newcastle and uh, coming closer to home. And mm. So I did get a bit more flexibility. Yeah. Um, but then my uh, grandma passed away, and uh, my mom kindly uh, gave us a little bit of money that provided an opportunity to pay the bills for six months. Yeah. Um, Andrea, my wife, was on maternity, mm-hmm. uh, she was just about to drop down to zero pay. Um, right. Which so it's a bit of a gamble, but we recognize that mm. because she was on maternity, yeah, uh, mortgage payment uh, could be paused for six months, right? Uh, if you fell into financial difficulty, I believe you can take a three month mortgage payment holiday. Uh, mm. but, but we were able to take six months because Andrew was on maternity, right? Um, we had one of those, if anybody might remember, those wonderful 105 percent northern rock together mortgages, which we took out in 2008. Back in the day? Yeah, back in the day. So we were already in negative equity, but that wasn't a problem because the housing housing market was rising and prices were going through the roof. So Mm. we took out a bit of extra cash to redecorate the house. And then six months later, the market crashed and we were significantly in in negative equity. So we'd overpaid for years and got out of that negative equity position. And yeah, that six-month mortgage payment break, we had enough to pay the bills, enough to give me the opportunity to try something different but mm. we didn't get plunged back significantly into negative equity so it right. was
1: yeah so 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 you made that decision so just give us an idea then of those early few years of what was it like going from working in a very corporate organization to having your own business
2: yeah so it was a transitional period and mm. I recognized that, or I felt I didn't know enough about how business works, runs Mm -hmm. from the corporate world. When you are a consultant and a very well-trained consultant, but you're really part of the front-end delivery machine, Mm. I I probably hadn't been uh, enough exposed to the operational elements or the commercial elements or the strategy piece that was behind a large corporate business. So I recognized Mm. that in myself, and I felt what I really wanted to do at the time was simply replace an income and get a better work-life balance Yeah, Uh, with Andrea's support because she said, okay, you're going to a role that doesn't have a basic, and I'm on maternity, um, (laughs) but we've got some money, go Mm. for it. So she gave me the confidence and the backing to do it. And actually that first nine months, I joined a new business that was setting up a different type of recruitment model where limited company contractors took 70% of their fees and they took 30% of the fees. Right. Office support that they're providing. Mm -hmm. So that was, for me, I thought, I'll go and learn how a small business works, maybe do it for a couple of years before I actually um, pull the banner on kind of poll card recruitment. Yeah. set up an invoicing vehicle, that's all it was. Went Mm -hmm. and joined this brand new business. And after a few months, it became evident that there was was only three of us in that business. Two of us were kind of billing consultants and uh, an office manager. and I was the only one that was generating any fees. And after about month three, month four, they said, app, you can't pay your full invoice this month. They said, okay, no problem. I said, we'll, we'll clear it next month. And the end of next month came and they said, we can pay the majority of this kind of month's invoice, but we can't pay all of what we owe. And actually, after a few months, they owed me 19000 uh, which back in the day was a significant That's chunk of of money. Yeah. yeah. I was really just seeking to replace a salary. And I was like, oh, yeah. Significant part of that salary that's now becoming odd. The two directors that were running, there was a silent partner in the background and was uh, maybe having some tense conversations. And it was pretty obvious for me that as the only one that was generating any business, revenue for the business, yeah, yeah this was heading like one one direction. Spoke to mm-hmm. a few clients that I uh, trusted and confided in the, in them, and it was becoming a bit tense at home. I was like, "Yeah, I've got this money. They owe me it. They owe me it, but mm. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it." And then kind of. You know, realized one more throw the dice, we'll set up poll card recruitment, we'll give it a go because mm. the decision was, do I go back to being an employee, yeah. back to the corporate recruitment world? After only having left for six months, I was pretty confident mm-hmm. that I could walk into most recruitment agencies and secure a job. I thought, yeah. well, i throw the dice, we'll set up poll card recruitment and we'll see how that was. So that was the September of 2004. Right. Uh, Come the end of the first year of my new limited company, which was December 2004, having set the the limited company up in December or three, I got a thousand pounds of that 19,000 pounds back. And the first year's account showed a bad debt of 18,000 that was written off. So, yeah, it was an interesting first 12 months. That is
1: definitely an interesting first 12 months, yeah. And having come from the corporate world myself and set up a business, I completely can relate to, and I know a lot of people listening will relate to that, that transition of running a small business. Suddenly you're not just you're not just in one role, are you, which is kind of like your day job, which we were doing in corporate. Suddenly you've got all these multiple roles and almost... To do the bit of the job that you love, which is the recruiting bit, you've got to, you've got to do marketing. You've got to then have all the processes in place, the finance, and it's just it's a steep learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah, um, it, it
1: really is. And
2: Unfortunately, I didn't get that kind of two-year indoctrination period of understanding how a small recruitment business no. works and operates. So it's kind yeah. of learning on the job, a bit of networking, a bit of, yeah. kind of asking people for support, help, guidance. And, yeah, worked it out along the way.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so in, in those early years then, for you, what were some of the what were some of the biggest challenges and the insights
2: or the lessons that that you got? Lots. I think the biggest learning was probably reached a period of complacency when the business was was just me. Yeah. I was, and it's interesting. So I now and have done for many years use a part-time finance director. Mm. A guy who I trust implicitly and knows me incredibly well and the business inside out. And he said, you'll never be as profitable as you are in your early days when it's mm. just you. Yeah. And there are minimal overheads, minimal cost. And there are still some great sole operating in recruitment. That Absolutely. Will, uh, yeah. That will generate significant profit margins. But I learned at that time that if I was ever going to have the work-life balance that I craved, the business needed to be bigger than me. And I became a little bit complacent uh, and said, oh, well, if I don't raise another invoice for the next 18 months, I can still live the lifestyle that uh, I want to live, which wasn't a actual lifestyle. It was replacing that initial income. uh, And that complacency bred, yeah, something in me that I didn't see or expect, which was just that. It was like, okay, well, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The initial... Hunger, desire, I wouldn't say went, but, but yeah, being complacent in the early days, then burning through a lot of cash through some tough times, uh, and then all of a sudden turning around and going, Wow, do I need to close this business and just go and get another job? And mm-hmm. it, was, it was a conversation I had with my you know, my, my finance director that was only myself yeah. and two other people in the business at the time. So it was many years ago, burnt through a lot of cash. That was a real uh, eye opener. And with Steve's guidance and support, I said, no, absolutely not. We can. We've got the pipeline there. We just need to believe in ourselves. We can trade out of this. But I'm sure many other small businesses, business owners, have have been there. Those, I'm sure those physical, sticky times, mm. crisis of confidence. You just need the yeah, maybe the support or the encouragement of somebody else that sees you can get out of this. Yeah, you just have to sometimes pedal and run a bit faster, a bit harder in those times to get back on the even keel.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So, so it's over the 10 years, there's been quite some events happening in, in that time. So what are some of the, the highlights, though, of the last 10 years? Because you are in a very different place today than what, mm. what you've just shared with us.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think uh, building the team uh, mm-hmm. has got to be, for me, uh, the biggest highlight. That's what it's all about. We are a people business. Mm. And I enjoy working with people and seeing them succeed, and and creating a culture that that fosters that yeah team ethos and collaborative yeah. approach, and helping people to live their best life as well. Mm. It sounds a bit cliched, and we'll maybe come on to talking about the vision. But mm. you know, we're we're very clear that our vision now is is helping people find happiness at work, and the, mm-hmm. the second sentence in our vision statement is because happy people build better businesses and lead more fulfilling lives. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wanted a business that helped people succeed. It wasn't about me creating an empire and sitting at the top of an ivory tower. It was about everybody succeeding as part of a team. Mm. And when we came up with that vision statement, we felt that it was right for us because it was yeah. right for our team, but it was also right for the businesses that we work with uh, mm-hmm. and the individuals that we help find employment. Yeah. Um, for me, leaving the corporate world was about getting that balance right. I always say I didn't find work-life balance. I found a work-life integration. And I think, and what does that mean? And for, for me, it means you, you, you're rarely off. Business is you and you are your business. But it isn't about being able to down tools and compartmentalize life. Mm. It's about accepting that if I go to the Christmas nativity at 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, I might be picking some emails up on a Sunday night or or, or, on a on a Friday evening and getting that work-life integration uh, Mm. is is important. Uh, So I think that uh, is the biggest success. And
1: and 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 I think that's an important point that you make there in terms of being able to do the things that you want to do in in the different roles, let's say, that you have as a dad, as a husband, as a family, and being able to make it all work without the guilt of well, because I went to the nativity on 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, I need to do a couple of hours of emails and stuff like that. But just knowing, well, this is my life is this complete blend, and it's just choosing to do some of the work things at a different time than other people might do. But that's okay because other people can't get to that nativity, but I can.
2: Yeah, you're right. But you know, one of the things that we and our team absolutely have is, is, is that freedom and flexibility to do that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, one of the things that was important for us to was to develop a proper flexi time policy that allowed mm. yeah, just that, that, that flexibility. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've managed to develop a team and, and recruit people that have that mindset to understand it's give and take. Mm. Uh, it's a demanding environment, it's a demanding role, but the freedom and the flexibility is given back because yeah. people are prepared to put in that extra discretionary effort when needed.
1: When needed. And, and it's great, isn't it? Because actually what you've described there is you living that vision that you've got internally in the business as much as you are then projecting that externally to, to clients and to candidates.
2: Um, yeah. Um, I think we always had that culture. I'll be honest enough to say it wasn't always well communicated in that vision, but right. when we were able to do that, that was, that was really helpful. It joined
1: it all together. Yeah,
2: it did. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so, what would you say then, having shared some of the, the ups and downs of those early few years, what would you say has been the turning point of the tree, trajectory, yeah, that you are now on? I don't know if I pronounced that right, but hey, let's go with it.
2: <laughs> I think actually revealing the bigger plan and being confident enough to share that vision with people. Mm-hmm. Was a real turning point. You and I had a, a, a session at one of your great marketing retreats, uh, and you put me in the hot seat and used your. I think I might have skills. asked you
1: to volunteer.
2: You <laughs> did, you did. Yeah, but uh, but I I knew what was coming.
1: Right. It
2: opportunity <laughs> for me to dig deep and, and look in those dark corners of your soul and actually realise what is important uh, to you. Bye. Um, and yeah, that was a transformational moment when I, we were working to a five year plan. And we were, mm. uh, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I was working to a five year plan. Uh, right. We were a year into that. Yeah. And I didn't have uh, the confidence to share that with the team. And that session that you and I did really enabled me to say, that's what I need to do. This is a decision I'm going to make and put a plan in place to, to do that. So and- before we revealed, Financial plan, and yeah. the structure, and the people, and the process that would get us towards that. People might be familiar with being, had big hairy audacious goal, yeah, uh, and help be our north star. And where are we where are we heading to? And we came together as a team, and about two years ago now, and we uh, yeah, we redefined our vision. Mm-hmm. So we did have a, a vision and a mission and some values, but we felt they weren't necessarily the business that had evolved. So right. We came together to create that, that. that vision statement yeah. for uh, helping people find happiness, redefined our mission, redefined our values. And we knew that would be the glue that would hold us together as a team and would guide mm. us uh, as we continue to grow and develop. And then, when we had that structure in place, I then revealed this is where we're heading to, and, and you are yeah. part of something bigger than where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and was able to show the team what I felt the organization needed to look like in terms of the number of people and the structure and the career opportunities that that would present. Mm-hmm. I think that was, for me, was, and I hope the business was transformational. It felt yeah. like people understood they were part of something bigger and we, mm. we had a nice lifestyle business, but we were aiming for something that was, yeah, just a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger, not, yeah. not significant, but it was, yeah, probably a transformational point in the business.
1: Yeah. And I don't know whether I'd kind of like just forgotten that bit, but I don't know if I remembered that you were already into that five year plan. You just haven't shared it. Yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine because when I guess just speaking generally here, but you know, when you, when we as individuals, when we voice a big goal, we're really putting it out there, aren't we? And so it it raises us, I suppose, to we have to step up as individuals and, and for you as a leader. So, I mean, having taken that bold step then, put the structure in place, communicated those big goals, how has it been for you as a leader in in a small business? How have you found that?
2: It's a challenge. It's a rewarding challenge. But for me, I'm quite a detailed person. And sometimes I struggle to, to create the vision and to create the big plans. And I suppose that might be one of the... Things that I'm reasonable at in terms of being aware of where I might need support. Yeah. Um, and uh, working with external advisors has been really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I mentioned, obviously, Steve, our part time FD. Steve's worked with me along the journey and helped me create that five year plan. So we had, mm-hmm. as you might expect from a, from a finance director, the, the structure of a business plan from a point of view of revenue, sales, profit, heads. And mm. What we didn't necessarily have then was how that would translate into those five years and mm-hmm. commercially, what was the right strategy? What was the balance of our business? Where would we head? What would we do different? And rather yeah. than just assuming that, that, that the plan was just straightforward growth. Just, just more of the same, growth, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So, so a year ago, we, we engaged with another Board level advisor Miles, so we've been working with Miles on creating that commercial strategy and taking mm. those steps that will allow us to hit the big uh, goal. The big goal, mm.
1: and so, so I, I suppose in the in the early five years, quite an up and down journey. You're three years now, I think, aren't you, into your five year plan? You're ten years into PCR with this fabulous anniversary. What about the next 10? How excited are you and what might that hold?
2: Yeah, tremendously excited. Uh, Yeah, we are achieving those milestones. This year has been a tough 12 months. Mm -hmm. Uh, The macro environmental factors have have slowed those plans a little. Uh, cost of living crisis, business confidence has been been Mm a challenge. Um, What does the next 10 years hold? 10 years' time, I can't answer that question right now. I absolutely know what the next uh, two and three years hold. Yeah. Where we'll be, and as do the team. Mm -hmm. So we're on that journey, but we have, as part of our realignment, new commercial strategy, put in a new management team. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's not quite the right description. Created a management team uh, with uh, the support of our existing staff. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. been transformational for the business this year. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the next 10 years, where might we be? Probably in a very different place, just like the last 10 years, but will enjoy the journey. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And I mean, how just, how are you celebrating this milestone achievement? Because I know there's yeah, well, been lots going on, hasn't there?
2: There has been lots going on. And yeah, we, uh, we did a few things. We celebrated with the team. We're, we're pretty good at celebrating success here. Yeah. And, you are
1: actually. And that's one thing that I think you guys do really well. And I think that is another example, actually, of the culture that, That you've got in your business. And also, let's say my observation working with you for the last few years is that you do a lot of internal celebrating, but actually there's a lot that you do outside the business with yeah, some of the charity yeah. work and stuff that you do. I don't know if you just want to say a little bit about yeah, it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I, I suppose how did we celebrate the 10 years? We celebrated that with clients, and new and old, hopefully soon-to-be clients, but uh, clients we work with at that 10-year period. So we had a barbecue. And most people that uh, normally might know, I like a bit of golf clubs, a great venue just down the road, great park and easy access and, and nice food. So we decided to hold a barbecue in September. That was the month of our 10-year celebrations. Uh, mm-hmm. We had around about 100 people join us. So that was, that was wonderful. It was a really nice evening, relaxed, informal social event. Again, the, the team encouraged me to show a bit more of the journey and handed me a microphone. And hopefully I didn't bore people too much, but shared a little <laughs> bit of what, what has got us to where we are today. Yeah. And yeah, that was really nice celebrations.
1: Yeah, excellent. I mean, just thinking back to the the next 10 years and everything, because gosh, when we think about the last few years with, nobody would have anticipated COVID. We Mm. had that amazing bounce back in the market. Then we've had, as you say, all the macro environment and the consequences of of different geopolitical things that are going on and everything else. So it's not easy to predict what the next 10 years are like, uh, is it? But I guess as an owner, if we throw into what, because we can't control what's happening politically, really, but there's also in, in our industry, a lot happening, has happened and will continue to happen with technology. I mean, as an owner, I mean, how do you keep yourself as up to date as you can with what's happening in the market and the evolution of technology and how that's influencing our industry and, and how you operate?
2: Yeah, I think being well-read is fundamental. Being well-networked is, is key to learning. But I think it's that desire to learn, acquire knowledge, which we do some behavioral profiling for clients and I've had it done to me. So I know that's part of my fundamental foundations is that desire to acquire knowledge and apply mm. that knowledge. So for me, that goes yeah. I mean, naturally. Yeah. Um, but it is about having a strong network for me. So mm-hmm. my members of... Team, the Employment Agencies Movement. We're also members of the REC. And on a weekly basis, I am part of a uh, group of business owners that we call our PEG group, kind of peer enhancement group. That is, amongst other things, an accountability group, making sure that you're mm-hmm. taking positive steps forward on, on your actions and weekly commitments. But that's obviously yeah. an opportunity to learn how other businesses are thriving. Yeah, um, and, and what are they embracing and what's changing in their markets? And that mm. includes a guy who runs an accounting and finance business in Australia, an exec headhunting business based in the north of England that operates globally, and some other businesses that are similar sized and UK based. So, yeah, yeah uh, for me, keeping abreast of developments in our industry is the wider bodies, and ultimately, I suppose, the, the providers of services the products that might change your business, mm. and, and and having that network of other business owners um, which was a revelation I think again um, I think when you are part of the corporate world and um, you probably believe that uh, your competitors are just that that they are competitors and you shouldn't talk to them but when you realize um, as a small business there are far more opportunities to collaborate uh, and help each other than yeah. you recognized before was really good for me and that's yeah. something that I continue to do I always look out for a Opportunities of where I can help and introduce other people and help people along that journey, and yeah, there's been a few former colleagues that have informally mentored as they've set up their, their recruitment businesses and given them the confidence to go out on their own. Go for and also, it. Also, yeah, to answer that question. For me, it's about learning, constantly uh, being aware of what is changing, what's happening, and how that can help.
1: Yeah. And, and it sounds like learning from being open to learning from others as well as books and webinars and mentors and everything else. Sometimes it's great to learn from our peers who are doing what we're doing, sometimes in different markets and, and, and international markets. And we can always learn from, from each other, can't we? Yes. Um, yeah And I guess just on that point of learning, if you could look back over these first 10 years of of Policard recruitment and give yourself, your younger self, a little bit of advice. I'm always intrigued to know what that bit of advice will be when I do these kind of interviews.
2: Uh, For me, having a plan Mm -hmm. and understanding what success looks like. Mm. Uh, Success doesn't always mean uh, a seven-figure, eight-figure business, multiple locations across multiple countries. Success is what is important to you. Yeah. I wasn't clear enough on that in the early days. Mm-hmm. I'm very clear. Yeah, uh, we. In addition to that five-year plan, we have annual goal-setting sessions as, as, as part of our team, uh, mm. as part of our kind of performance appraisal system, and everybody shares those openly. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned earlier about you know, communicating your goal makes it much more real. Uh, yeah. And, that constant focus on what success looks like. So I have a constant three months, six months, 12 months goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as most people uh, might know me, my, my hair's a bit of an important uh, task on the morning. So yeah. when I'm stood there, actually, I've got a mirror in, in, inside my wardrobe door, but I've also got that one-page plan. Uh, oh, and, fantastic. And visual representations of what success looks like and means yeah. for me. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the more that you repeat that and, and understand that and have clarity on that your mind is focused on what you want to achieve absolutely but, but was one of my friends who has a, a, a business that is an engineering design consultancy mm. and he was he had a few members of staff the business had fell on tough times and he said to me recently he said something that you said to me cardi as he calls me he yeah. said is are you happy uh and, and i think at the time he wasn't And then he realized what was going to make him happy. And I said, no amount of money, bought any amount of time or any amount of happiness. What makes you happy? Mm. Uh, And he said, what are two things? And that was actually wasn't building a business. It was about him having a bit of freedom and flexibility to work when he wanted to work, to play Mm. golf, when he wants to play golf, to be able to support his family and uh, to the level and means that he wants to do, not actually... Chasing lots of work, not working eighteen hours a day, getting the balance right, and and he hold himself accountable to what happiness looks like. And mm. I said, to, and probably relates to the first point I made in terms of having a plan. For me, plan should be simple. It should be able to be articulated on one page, but it should be specific. One mm. of the things that we are very clear in our team is is what success looks like, and, mm. and with working with smart goals. So, in the early days. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what success looked like. And therefore, I could never reflect at any point and say, am I achieving what I set out to achieve? Mm. And am I happy? Yeah, yeah, if I look back on 10 years ago, that might have been helpful for me.
1: And I think, I guess that you've described, without using a particular word in a way, as I was listening to you, that I guess probably just worth just checking with you, is that word, why, Mm. why? What is it that I want? What is important to me? But why do I want it? It's like, well, you can have that financial goal that you were talking about with yourself and with your buddy. But actually, that wasn't quite going to make either of you happy because you'd got the balance that you wanted and your friend wanted other things. So it's knowing what your why behind, Mm -hmm. what you want as well, I guess. I mean, is that something that you would... I know you can see nodding in your head there.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's okay for that to change. It's okay for yeah. that to be different. Um, yeah. You know, when, when in the early days, and my why still remains the same. It is about mm-hmm. providing the best life I can for my family. And that early inspiration of it being Jude is now Jude and Olivia and, of course, Andrea. Um, mm-hmm. But in the early days, what was important to me before Jude started school was taking every Thursday afternoon off and spending that with him and no. having some quality dad time. yeah. Of course, as they then go into full-time school, you can no longer do that. So that's okay yeah. for your goals to change. Yeah, yeah. What in the next 12 months will make you happy and what you're yeah. setting out to achieve. Yeah, important. Fantastic.
1: Great. So how would people get in touch, learn more about Paul Card
2: Recruitment? Uh, visit our website, paulcardrecruitment.co.uk. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'll pick up the phone, have a chat. I do enjoy talking to people, learning about people. Always happy to share the successes and challenges that we've enjoyed over the years. So whether that's a client, a candidate, another recruitment business, I'm an open book uh, and always happy to help people.
1: Fantastic! And here's to the next five, and then the next five beyond that. So, Absolutely. so again, congratulations, Paul, and and thanks for taking time to share some of those stories because I didn't know some of those stories, and I know you and I've had plenty of chats over over the last few years. So thanks for being so open and honest about that as well. I'm sure people will have got some real great insights and some good lessons that they can take away as they are in the early years of their business and beyond as well. So good to talk to you and looking forward to seeing you soon.
2: See you soon, thanks Sharon. You're welcome. Bye.
0: If you enjoy this podcast and this year you are ready to take your marketing to the next level, then check out Superfast Circle. This is a unique marketing program designed specifically for recruiters and their marketeers. You get access to two virtual marketing directors, you get consultancy, you get your hand held through the whole process, training, consulting, and we provide content resources. So go over to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash join and check out what's available.